Hi and welcome to the Girl Next Door podcast. I'm your host Renee Bennett and this is a leadership podcast for ordinary girls compelled to lead an extraordinary life. Make sure you come and find me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. Well, hello, hello, hello. Can you guys hear how relaxed I am? Can you hear my chill vibes right now? I my my world's really relaxed. So I've got my dogs with me literally laying on the floor. Honestly, they're like out like lights. Cameron just brought me a coffee in my favorite cup on a saucer, guys, on a saucer. Like what more could you want? How could life be better? My Christmas tree is up. Half done. Half done, by the way. I know it might be early. I've got the lights on, but I'm trying to organize a time where the entire family can be together to decorate it not happening. However, how are you guys? I hope that today finds you really well. Uh, We're going to change pace a little bit today. We've done a couple of weeks of deconstruction. I'll get back into a bit more controversy next week (laughs) for today. I want to hit on a topic requested by you guys. I asked a question just randomly, what would you like to hear about? And the majority of you I was actually quite surprised, wanted to hear about friendships within leadership. And so that's what I thought I would share with you guys today. So today's all about friendships. Look, really, it is actually one of the most important topics ever because the people in your world are the most important part of your life. So you asked, I listened, and now I shall answer. Um, You know, I married my best friend. Cameron, I always said, was and still is my best friend. So let's have a chit chat about friendships today. Um, you know, maybe some of you are struggling with friendships in leadership. Maybe some of you are struggling with friendships full stop. Maybe you're blessed enough to have great friendships. Wherever this finds you, I hope that today helps you. Um, so, you know, I always say that who you travel with in life is more important than where you travel to. Write that one down if you're taking notes. Who you travel with is more important than where you travel to. And one reason I think that is because who you travel with in life will determine where you travel to, right? So the people that are the closest to you, the people who are with you in your life determine where you go in life. And also because people are the most important thing rather than a destination, it's actually the people in your life. And how do I know this? Because when I'm taking my last breath, the most important thing I know in that moment will not be the church that we built or the youth movement that we led or the overseas trips we went on. As grateful as I am for all of those things, it won't be any of the seasons in my life. It will be the people that I'm surrounded by, the people that I love. So I always think people, people over places, people are the most important things. So we're going to hit up friendships from three different angles today. We're going to look at firstly, the different kinds of friends that you might have. Then secondly, I want to look at how do you approach friendship within leadership Um, because as you know, this is a leadership podcast. And then thirdly, I want to look at how do you find like really close lifelong friends? Okay. So they're the three things we're going to look at. So let's start off with the different kinds of friends that you might find that you have over your life. And the first one is this, it's seasonal friends. Okay. 
seasonal as in summer, winter, autumn, spring. So for example, I had a really great group of friends during uni. There were four of us girls in this group and we were as thick as thieves. We holidayed together, we did uni together, but once we left uni, we kind of grew apart. Our life took us to different places and we kind of caught up for a little bit afterwards, but not not like we were in uni. And I was so grateful for those girls in my life during uni. Like I loved uni because of those girls. I always had a good group that we just did everything together. We studied together. We had our breaks together. It was great. One of the other girls was a Christian. The other two were not. And that was totally fine. We just had the best time. We even went horse riding together, actually. We all went on a holiday together and went horse riding, one of my best life memories. So, you know, it's okay to have seasonal friendships. So don't try to force seasonal friendships to be longer than what they are. So it's just, it's okay for something to only last for a season. Be grateful for the season. All right. Next lot of friend, different kind of friends that you can have are what I call divine friends. These to me are the most treasured friends of all. These are the ones that I believe God brings into our lives to outwork a kingdom purpose together. I have a small handful of these in my life, and these are the ones that, you know, you're side by side in the trenches with, doing life together. There's a connection that goes way deeper than most friends. It's what I call a soul connection because God brings you together. David and Jonathan had this in the Bible. David, actually, there's a scripture that talks about how they were soul brothers, soul, they had a soul connection. Um, so these are my lifelong friends that no matter the distance, and we're all in different states now, except for two of them, we are super close. And I want to talk more about that at the end and about how to find these kinds of friends in your life, because they are absolute treasures once you find them. All right, the next lot of friends, the, the third lot of kind of friend that you might have. Okay, I'm going to get vulnerable now. This is called the not-so-friend friend. Okay, the not-so-friend friend, the I thought you were my friend, but you turned out not to be. Um, so this might be the person that you spent heaps of time together. You shared experiences together. You let them into your heart, but then you realize one day that maybe it's a bit out of balance that maybe you give more than what they do, you invest more than what they have, and maybe you treat them better than they treat you. And I had one of these friends um, a a while ago. I think I tended to attract these kinds of friends when I was a bit younger because I'm a very compliant person by nature. I know that obviously a lot of you see me in, in a strong, you know, leadership kind of way, but my natural personality is I'm actually fairly shy. And if someone's got a more dominant personality than me, then I will um, I will get overridden by that dominant personality. So in my childhood and my early teenage and even my early 20s, I seem to be surrounded a lot with by people like this, that they were, they were just more dominant and no wonder because I let, let them be dominant. Um, and it wasn't always a bad thing, by the way, it's just my personality is quite complicit and compliant. So I tend to just fit in. So I'm an easy person to be with in that respect, because I'll just fit in with what other people want to do. But I realized that I had one of these friends in my life um, and we were literally best of friends for quite a few years. We used to house sit together. But looking back, 
there was always a little bit of a superiority about this person. Like I, I always felt like they were a little bit better than me. And this person acted like they were a little bit better than me. So I remember when it kind of did hit home a little bit is I was meant to be in her wedding, but another girl who wanted to be in her wedding and thought she was going to be in her wedding, when she told her, oh, Renee's going to be in my wedding and -and so-and-so and -and so-and-so, this girl cried. She cried to my friend because she was so upset that she wasn't chosen. So what my friend did is she ditched me and got this other girl to be in the wedding and she apologized to me. I remember her saying, I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. I really want you, but this other girl is easier. Like, And again, see, I was the more compliant person. I didn't make a fuss and I, I didn't, I'm not the kind of person ever that would go crying to someone because I'm like, where, where I thought you were going to have me in your wedding. I was very compliant and I didn't want to make it, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't want to make it hard for her. So I'm like, totally okay. I was the easier one to let down than the other girl. Um, In hindsight, I let myself believe that she was somehow better than me. Anyway, finally, after quite a few years, she moved away and she became quite well known. You know, her Insta followers went up and up and up and she started to know the who's who of what I call the Christian zoo, celebrity Christian, you know, she was kind of in that realm on the speaking circuit. And um, <clears throat> when she would come back here every now and then, I would still catch up with her, you know, have coffee. Um, but then I remember one particular day, I don't know how I picked it up, but I was like, oh my gosh, I think she's ditched me on Instagram. Like I'm not her friend anymore on Instagram. And yet in real life, we were kind of like, kind of still friends or so I thought, And I realized, I don't know, maybe it was because it was one of those things, you know, when people want to get really important on Instagram, so they minimize their followers so that um, who they follow, so they can maximize and have a bigger ratio of who follows them. I don't know. (laughs) But I just remember thinking, are you kidding me? I have let this friend treat me like she was better than me the whole time. We had history. We had lots of it. But obviously, I'm no longer important enough. I'm not famous famous enough. I don't have enough followers on my Instagram account to warrant her following me. Um, I'm obviously not that good for her image. She only followed other kind of famous people, verified people. And I realized that this was my not-so-friend friend. And if you've got someone like that in your life, I want to tell you today that you don't have to allow yourself to be treated that way. And so... I didn't, you know, what my my approach to that was, I'm going to be kind and I'm going to be generous and I've never, ever said anything to her. But in my heart, I'm like, you are no longer allowed to be my friend because I'm worth more than that. So if you've got a not so friend friend, don't allow them to make you feel less than. All right. Another kind of friend is the best friend. Um, When my kids were little, I always told them, to have a small group of good friends, but don't feel pressure to have one best friend because that's actually okay because you can't force a friendship. You can't force someone to be a best friend to you. And so I do have a best friend now. Um, I've had a best friend for quite a while, quite a few years, but we actually just found each other by being ourselves. And in a leader, we were in a leadership group at the time where there were a few girls that were very dominant and they would laugh and they'd carry on all the time and they'd all 
clamber to be friends with certain people, but I'm not like that. I won't compete. I won't be anything but myself in a group. And then my friend who's since become my best friend, she was very similar, just more serious. And um, we would find ourselves in those groups talking quietly in the corner. So our friendship kind of snuck up on us both. And she's actually 10 years older than me, but she is my favorite person in the whole wide world. She's my go-to person. And so when it comes to best friends, let me just say, if you don't have a best friend, that's actually okay. I did not have one really. Oh, I think I had maybe one in primary school. I called her my best friend because I think she was my only friend because I was so shy. But don't force that idea of having to have a best friend. But if you just journey along life and next thing you turn around and you find that someone's become your best friend, then count yourself really blessed. And that's, and that's amazing. But don't try and force that All right. So that's my first thing that I wanted to cover was the different kinds of friendships. But now I want to jump into how do you approach friendship within leadership? Because quite a few of you had some questions on that. So let me give you a few tips about how to do friendships when you're a leader. So the first one would be this. You don't have to be close friends with everyone on your team. All right. So if you're in a leadership team, Um, I was in a really big leadership team growing up and that was when Sam and Russell were my pastors. And I don't know, there was probably like 30 or 40 people in our leadership team. You do not have to be close friends with everyone on a leadership team. Do you, should you be kind to everyone? Absolutely. Should you be warm to everyone? Absolutely. But will you click with everyone? No, you won't. And that's actually perfectly okay. So I remember On our leadership team, I remember Russell coming to me and saying to me one day, hey, stick with so-and-so, you two be friends. He literally set up our friendship. I remember him saying, oi, you, I'll just call her Sally. Sally, you be friends with Renee. Renee, you be friends with Sally. And I remember at the time thinking that was bizarre, but he, I remember him saying, you girls are similar. And he didn't mean similar in personality because we actually didn't have a similar personality. He meant similar in where we were traveling in life. He prophetically saw the call of God on our lives and he was like, you two stick together. So even within a team, there are going to be different people, different callings, different maturities amongst people on team. And Russell knew that we were kind of both called to the same thing. It is okay for them. Maybe you're leading a group of people. You're the leader over a leadership team. Let me tell you, please, it is okay for there to be close groups within that group. What I'm not saying is that there's okay to be an exclusive group, okay? That is something different altogether. I'm not saying that you allow an exclusive, clicky kind of a group. So, for example, if they were exclusive, then they would always be in a little huddle together during a leadership meeting, or they would go somewhere and only ever invite that group of people and never ask anybody else, or they would post it all over social media. Okay. There's a difference between a group acting exclusive and a group just genuinely being close. So I definitely had my own little group of, uh, when I was growing up, I had my own little group that I was super close to. And sometimes we would just hang out together. Other times the whole group would hang out together. And I certainly reached out to everyone. Um, but 
if I was just chilling, you know, then I would definitely be with just my preferred little group of people. But it wasn't exclusive because we didn't exclude people. Um, but imagine, you know, you know, I'm a teacher. Imagine a class of kids all being forced to be good friends with everyone. It doesn't happen. Now we expect everyone to be kind. When I'm teaching, I expect everyone to look out for other people. I always would teach my kids, if you see one of our class members and they're on their own at lunchtime, we're family. Remember, you invite them to play with you. So always be kind, always treat each other well. But within that, small groups are going to form and these are not cliques. And I don't like hearing that. You know, whenever people say, there's a clique, People usually who say that, they say that because they're not the ones in that friendship group and they want to be. Um, So unless they're being exclusive, then I would say it is a click. Um, So always make people feel like they belong, but within that, find your tribe. And youth pastors and youth leaders need to allow friendship groups to form in a healthy way because there are different kinds of callings on people within your leadership group. And those people are going to find each other and they're going to do life together naturally. And that is actually okay to do that. The next thing I would say, if you are a leader, my friendship tips on, um, on leadership and friendships would be that you need to make sure you balance the drainers and the gainers. This is a little saying that I got from listening to a Craig Rochelle podcast the other day, where he talked about we as leaders tend to, and when I say drainers, when he said drainers, he didn't mean the people that constantly like are the annoying people that, you know, as we think of the word drainers, but he meant all of our friendships in life, all of our interactions with people, we're either giving out or we're getting back. That's kind of the way that it is. And so he's saying as leaders, we tend to be always giving out. We tend to be with people where we're always giving out. That's what he means by draining. It's not that the people are draining in themselves. It's that 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 kind of friendship level where we're the one always giving out is draining us. And we need to make sure we've got a balance between the people that we're always giving out to, always giving out to, and how many people that we've got in our life where we're actually getting our tank filled back. Does that make sense? So I know me, myself, I'm probably not great at this. Um, I would tend to be with people a lot where I'm giving, 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 giving. But I need to get better myself at making sure that I'm putting people in my life where I am not giving out, but I'm just, you know, receiving myself. And so even the other day, Cameron and I went out to dinner with two of our best friends here in Brisbane, and we loved it. We literally spent hours and hours talking. And every time we do that, we go, we should be doing this more often because they're pastors as well, and it's the same. And so we need to find people in our life who really get it and get what we do and um, where you don't have to be on you know, on all the time and in pastoral mode. Cause I find most of the time when I'm with people, I'm in pastoral mode, giving out to people, which I love, but I, I need to make sure I balance that out. Another tip I'd give you is, uh, people Well, someone actually asked this question. Can you be friends with those that you lead? That's a really great question. Like, can you be friends with those that you lead? So in my context, That might be, can I be friends with, you know, all the people in my church that I lead? Or can I be friends with our team and staff who we lead? Um, And so it's a great question. I think to answer this, we need to understand that there's different kinds of friendships. 
there's three kinds of friendships. If you think of it like this, um, down, across, and up. I'll say that again. So down, across, and up. So down being those that you lead. Now, I'm not saying that you're up because you're better than them. Please understand what I'm trying to say. But um, the people that I'd say in in the down category, that's because you're leading them. <clears throat> and I think you can still be friends with them, but you always remember that you are leading. So some things will not be appropriate. So for example, when I parent, um, that would be this kind of relationship where I'm always leading my kids. And so some things are not appropriate for me to share as a parent. I'm parenting my kids. They're not my friends, but yet they are my friends because I love them. And it's the same with people in your life where you're leading them is of course you can still be friends, but some things are not always appropriate. And just remember that in those kinds of friendships, there will be a high output from you. All right. And a high output from you. And they'll be, obviously you're the person that they look up to and that you are the person that's giving to them. So as long as you understand that, you can still be friends. The next one is across. So these would be people who are peers. So these are people, for example, if you're a leader on a leadership team, these are all the other leaders in your team. Um, they're on the same level as you in that respect. They're in the same life place as you right now. You can be yourself with them. You can hang with them. You can be honest with them and you need these people in your life as well. All right. These are the people that, um, you would really be honest with chat to tell them things, um, and that you can just really hang around and be yourself with, and they're really important. And the third group are the up ones. And these are the people you look up to. These are the people you go to for advice. Uh, These people are the high input into you. Uh, These are the people usually that you're vulnerable with. And again, you can still be friends with those people, but it's a different kind of friendship. So what we need to do, so again, this is very similar to the drainer and gainer. So where the friendships are down, they're the people that we're constantly being drained to input into. doesn't mean they can't be our friend, but you just got to be aware of that. And so we tend to, as leaders, have a lot of those people in our life. We have to be aware of having the across people, the peers, because they're the ones that are putting the fuel back into our lives. And definitely the people we look up to, that's a, that's we don't tend to spend as much time with them, but when we do, we get a high amount of energy and fuel from them. All right. So you can still have a friendship, but it's a little bit different. It's like when I was younger and Russell and Sam were my pastors. I spent a lot of time with them, um, but they mentored me. And so they were up. And so I looked up to them and I definitely was extremely close, but it was a different kind of friendship to what I had with all of my besties that we were hanging on team together with. So I think just understand who is who in your life. And it's not saying that anyone is better than anyone else. That's not the case. All right. What if, this was another question around leadership I thought was great and friendship. What if you are promoted to be a leader? Can we still be friends with a person that we now need to lead? So what happens if you've got two people who are friends and one of them might be appointed as, say, for example, the youth pastor or the young adults pastor, or perhaps you're in a business together and you were friends and one of you got a promotion, like how do you deal with that? So my answer would be in short, absolutely, yes, you can still be friends with that person. And I think that person might resent you if suddenly you start wielding your leadership and your power. So don't make it a power play because they will lose respect for you. I think you need to still maintain a good friendship, 
but you also might be required at times to bring them friendship, uh, friendship, to bring them leadership. And that isn't easy. And it takes understanding on both of your parts to navigate this. If both of you were friends and one becomes the leader. So, um, I think that the friend should always show you respect in public and shouldn't be over familiar with you in public and the leader shouldn't show favoritism to you on the team. So it's definitely doable, but you just need to navigate that super wisely. All right. Uh, so I think another tip from me is we actually have a responsibility in leadership to choose friends according to our values. And I've said before, in other areas of our life, we need to know what we value. We need to predetermine our values. I talk about this when it comes to dating. We need to predetermine what we value before we decide to date someone. But this is also very important for friendships. So I naturally chose friends according to my values. Now, serving at church was a value because I spent so much time there. So I said before that I tended to attract dominant personalities because I was so compliant and adaptable, but I soon realized that um, I soon adopted a value that I didn't want someone who would just, you know, walk all over me as a friend. Uh, so I was more careful then in what kind of personality that I was choosing to be my friend. I also value friends who don't thrive on drama because I can't stand drama. I'm just not a drama person. So I don't pick other people to be my friends who thrive on drama. Um, I really value someone that has deep conversations, DNMs, I call them. Um, I love that. And so I tend to naturally be friends with people who get into pretty deep conversations. So be careful to choose friends who align with the same values as what you do. Another tip that I'd have would be that we attract who we are. And if we have high standards of values, then we are actually going to attract other people the same. Because somebody asked what to do if you're a leader and your friends want to keep going to nightclubs, for example. Well, I never had that issue because my friends had the same values as me. So anyone who went nightclubbing, I would be like, go for it. And I'm still totally, of course, I'm going to be your friend and you're my friend, but not to a close degree. They're more of what I would say is a distant friend. So according to, I love this, I want to just talk about how do you know who your true friends are and then hit up in the last kind of few minutes that we have. The third thing that I wanted to talk about is how do you find close lifelong life friends? How do we find these really, really good friends in our life? So um, I love Jordan Peterson and Dennis Prager and I had a bit of a look up on what they were saying and they said the same thing about how do you know who your true friends are and they basically said it's the person or the people that you can basically tell everything to within reason. That's how you know who your true friends are. They're the people you can tell everything to. So you can tell them bad news and they'll listen without derailing the conversation and telling you about their latest bad news. You can equally tell them the good news and they'll celebrate with you and they won't, you know, whack you on the back and tell you the great thing that happened to them a while back. Um, so these are the people that really celebrate with you in your good times. They're there with you in the bad times and you can tell them everything and you don't hide anything. In fact, the more you hide, 
the less close you are. That's how to kind of tell how close you are to someone. The more that you have to hide, the less close you are. And this is why some people lack close friendships because they hide so much about themselves. And the reason that we hide things is because we don't trust other people. And sometimes, and I really get it, sometimes we hide our vulnerabilities because we are are afraid that those people might not stay. And if that's you, I want to challenge you to take a risk on some people. Find people that you, you know, put your toe in the water, just dip your toe in and tell them something. Just tell them one thing and see how they respond. Honestly, I can tell if someone's going to be a friend pretty quickly. You'll just tell them one thing and often it's like, immediately they somehow swing the conversation back to themselves. Those people don't get to be friends in my life because I'm like, no, they're just going to talk about themselves all the time and they don't really want to know about what I've got to say. And in my kind of line of work where I'm always giving out, it's really important that I have friends in my life who will just listen. So Dennis Prager actually says, and I think this is quite funny but smart, that we should date for friends as seriously as we date for a partner. He says we shouldn't be so preoccupied by career and family that we forget about friends, that having friends is like preparation for a rainy day. I thought that was pretty good advice. So how do we find lifelong, deep, close friends? Because like I said, Cameron and I actually have a group. I've got some really close friends, but Cameron and I together have a group of really, really close friends. There's probably about six of us and we're super close. And um, I just want to talk about how did we find those people in our life. So friendship, if you think of it like this, what friendship really is, is it's um, when you share a sense of a mutual goal or vision that leads to mutual regard that grows over time. So in other words, friendship happens as we pursue a shared goal or vision together. I became close friends, for example, with other teachers at my first school that I taught in, and they weren't people I normally would naturally gravitate towards, but we shared the goal of teaching the same group of children. We were in the same school for a long time together, and we all had the same Christian values. So those people became really good friends. But when I left that school, they were kind of more seasonal because I didn't really stay super close with a lot of them, although I still do talk to them. But one of the greatest blessings of my life is that now we, Cameron and I, have had our closest friends for honestly like 20 years. In fact, we have had so many people comment on how close all this crew that have come from Adelaide are, even though we still live in, we all live in different states, literally all live in different states, except two of our friends are here in Brizzy. And that's because, and this is how you find your lifelong friends, we were put in the trenches together. We work side by side, shoulder to shoulder, serving God together in our church in Adelaide. We literally did life together so closely that we became family and we did it for such a long period of time. And that's really where good friendships come from. They come from when people pursue a shared goal or vision together. And it can be anything. It doesn't have to be serving in a church. It can be literally anything. So I remember my best friend, when she went into labor with her last child, her husband, who, who was Cameron's closest friend, was in Singapore. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, do not have this baby right now. And so I remember her going, oh my gosh, you've got to come with me to the hospital. 
And then, of course, she rang her husband and we're like, you have to hurry up because I seriously did not want to go into the labor room with her as close as we were. But I remember I sat in the hospital room with her to keep her calm. And even the midwife said that as long as I stayed there, her labor slowed down. And the second that the midwife would come in, it would all kind of, her blood pressure would go up. And so everyone stayed out the room. I stayed with her, kept her calm, and thank God her husband rocked up on time. But you know, when you share life moments like that, I remember when Cameron was really sick and he had pneumonia and he had to be rushed by ambulance to hospital because we didn't know what, what was wrong with him at the time. And all of these friends that we had that we'd been doing life together with, oh my gosh, they just rallied around me, around the kids, around Cameron. And I remember when we got taken, I got taken with Cameron in the ambulance to the hospital And the next thing, as we walked into the emergency, there was one of our best friends. He sat with me all night while we waited to hear what was wrong. Um, He brought me coffee in the morning. The next day, my other friends came. Between them, they got the kids all the other, um, because I had all three kids then. They got the kids looked after. They brought the kids in to visit. They came and sat with us in the hospital. It even literally, oh my gosh, makes me teary thinking about it, but they are my tribe, they are my people. And when we first moved here to Queensland, I just thought, I just thought, what am I going to do without all of my best friends? But do you know, I felt so lonely when I was first here, but we've been here for 10 years now and I've got more great friends here that I thank God for, but those people from Adelaide are still our closest friends to this day. So I would say, look around at the people who are shoulder to shoulder doing life with you in the trenches and don't force anything, but just wait and see what happens. Because I can guarantee you that that is when those divine friendships are made. And I'm really big on divine friendships. We've even preached on it at our church because I believe that God puts people together for kingdom purposes. And those people in my life is exactly what I consider divine friends that God put us together for kingdom purpose. And even now, you know, when Cameron and I run Youth Alive Conference, um, quite a few of our friends will fly up from wherever they are, not because they really want to be in a conference with a bunch of teenagers, although they love it, but you know why they do it? They do it to just support Cameron and I. It's like they're our biggest cheering squad and we love them for it. And I'm so glad for those people in my life. So there you go. That is everything I wanted to say to you about friendship. Um, I don't know if perhaps maybe there are some of you here that are that are lonely right now that don't have what I'm talking about. Can I just finish off by saying that if you don't have those people in your life, that you can pray them in? Because I remember being about 18 and being a little bit on the lonely side because um, I think I knew my values and there were a lot of friends around me that I knew weren't going in the same direction as me. And so I remember just thinking, I don't want to waste my time like spending all this time with these people that just don't have the same values. But I was struggling to find people at that time that did have the same values. And I remember praying and I remember just saying, you know what, God, I know that you care about the people that I hang around. You care that I'm feeling lonely. And I just prayed and I said, God, I pray that you would bring amazing people around me. And he did. And I pray the same thing for my friends, uh, my friends, my kids. I'm intentional. I pray that God would bring the same kind of people around my kids that he's brought around me. So if that's you, then I would encourage you also to pray for the same because I know that God will answer that prayer for you like he did for me. 
So anyway, guys, I want you to have a fabulous week and I cannot wait to come back for a juicy topic next week. Have a good one, everyone. Bye. Make sure you come and find me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast.com.